Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, who would like to welcome new signing Gary Mackay Stephen. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson. Finally, perseverance paying off. Thought he was excellent. And I want this week's podcast to be a misery amnesty. So you can take your negativity, take your misery, take your, oh, for God's sake, and you're allowed to leave it at the door and hopefully just enjoy the next hour. It's not going to be happy clapping. It's not going to be, yay, we've won a league. We're not going to do all that. We did win a league. We were expected to win a league. But there's just been too much negativity. So a misery amnesty today on Around the Funnel. Does that include me? <laughs> yes. <now. laughs> well, I mean, I don't know why you're telling people. I mean, they're just listening. They're, you know. I know, but I just want them to enjoy something rather than because I know there are people out there, and and, and I have. I, I'm true to my word. I've spent less time on social media. Unfortunately, I've gone to the same sites that I went on that kind of got me frustrated in the first place with the same yahoos that could win a million on the lottery and would be unhappy because they haven't won two million. But that's them. And I don't want to be weighed down by such negativity. Is everything rosy in the garden? No, of course it's not. But you know what? If you can't enjoy yourself for an hour or so, what's the point? Except you and your mask. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Heart of Midlothian against Inverness and uh, the arrival. Could have sworn I saw a tweet. Could have sworn I saw a tweet mm, with a no, mask. But no. then, but then, um, then there was no tweet. It's when you go to, to not retweet or quote tweet something and then it says this tweet has been deleted. But apparently <laughs> there was never a tweet in the first place. So I, maybe it was just a figment of my imagination. MDGTF. Must have been a dream. Must have been a dream. Yeah, Hearts Inverness, Gary Mackay Stephen, finally arriving on the scene. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that and the fallout from it, the, the post-match um, interest. Uh, we're going to have our little look ahead to next season or, or set some homework at least anyway for you for next season the listeners and a, a very quick quiz as well for mark okay let's start with the football from saturday hearts final home game of the championship season uh, against inverness cali thistle hearts of course with with nothing to play for with the league already wrapped up Inverness, Caledonian Thistle, very much with something to play for, with a playoff place still up for grabs, although they really needed a win to keep them in the mix. Hearts, after that dismal game against Greenock Morton, made one change to their side. Gary Mackay Stephen coming in, having been on the bench for two games, and Ewan Henderson dropping out, so... Hart sticking with the 3-4-1-2 formation. I suppose, Mark, the first thing that maybe surprised me, not the change, but I expected, and we expected, Gary McKay-Steven to take up Boyce's recent role behind the strikers, the number 10 role, and maybe Boyce to then move back into the, the, the striking role. But in fact, Gary McKay-Steven, I know it was quite fluid. It wasn't like it was sat up there like a number nine he was a very um yeah a nine and a half do they sometimes call it or a support striker but 
at times he was this supporting player to Armand Nongdouye with Liam Boyce the number 10. I thought it worked well. Uh, I, I thought Liam Boyce in that 10. Let, let's forget about the the Morton game away and, and let's just kind of go from the Aloha at home to the Inverness Caledonian Thistle game at home. Um, because Robbie was saying afterwards what a difference it made to have a team actually having a go. It meant there was space for the likes of Gary Mackay, Stephen, and they didn't come and, and sit in. They had a 4-2-3-1 formation in Inverness, but they, they looked to try and get forward. They didn't pack the defence or not have much room between mid, uh, midfield and, and defence and, and kind of keep it really tucked in and, and tight. They, they did allow us a little bit of space and a lot of teams haven't and we have struggled with that. But I think with Gary Mackay, Stephen, anything that we do over this this last couple of games, starting with Inverness um, last time out and the finishing game against Wraith, it's an opportunity, Laurie, for us to, even if we get one thing from it, whether it's Gary Mackay, Stephen playing in a more advanced role or whatever it is that could help us next season, then I think I think it's a job done. I mean, young Finlay got his, his debut off the bench. Um, but Gary Mackay, Stephen as a 10 hasn't really worked and Liam Boyce did against Aloha <laughs> so just playing him in that kind of left-sided role with a bit more freedom and I think what you'll find next season is that a lot of the teams that we play especially at home I'm not talking the, the, the big boys I'm talking your your Hamiltons your Ross Counties Kilmarnock St Mirren whoever stays up I don't think they'll be doing what a lot of the championship teams did um, this season when they come to Tyne Castle, I think a lot of them will believe, and quite rightly so, because I've, I've not seen anything from Hearts this season, if I'm the opposition, scouting them for next season that, w- that would make me fearful uh, of this side. So I think there will be a bit of space. And, and you know what? If Gary Mackay Stephen can exploit that... I At first I thought, right, let's keep persevering, let's keep persevering. And then pff, you kind of worry, well, what, what are we persevering with here? Because he'd shown very little. It's like persevering with Castanier or persevering with Freer. But at least with Gary McKay, Stephen, you know he's done something in the past, whereas the other two, again, it's very difficult to, to get a compilation of, of best bits that lasts more than, than a minute with, with the two wingers. But with Gary McKay, Stephen, you know it's been done before. Can it get done again? He's 30 years old now. Well, that's why Hart, he's at heart. That's why he's not a, a better team earning more money. So we'll see what he's got in the tank next season. I also thought he needed a pre-season behind him. I think we'll see the best of him next season. I'm just glad that we don't go into next season with Gary Mackay Stephen having shown absolutely nothing. That was an outstanding performance from him, especially in the first half. Indeed. I mean, looking at the game, one thing that was really noticeable and I mean, you've touched on this quite a few times this season, the Hearts haven't started um, strongly in games. They haven't scored in the opening 10 minutes of games. In fact, in the league this season, there'd only been two goals for Hearts in the opening 10 minutes. Um, and that was in the opening match against Dundee and then in the 3-0 win over Aloha in November. And just like that, just like buses, as they say, suddenly two come along at once. 2-0 up in the first nine minutes and they didn't start like a side that had nothing to play for. Hearts started with all the tempo, all the pace and um, full credit to them, I thought. A lot of players, you know, you can give credit to a lot of players, but I really enjoyed some of the link-up play, Haring, Mac and F involved, Boyce, of course, but 
especially Gary McKay, Stephen and Logan. I think Logan has impressed me. I thought he would be a decent signing, but I thought it was a strange one, and I think we talked we talked about it, and I think most Hearts fans spoke about it. Why have we signed him? Five games, meaningless. Then we're going to what, sign a 33-year-old for next season. A bit underwhelmed by it. But I've been really impressed by his desire, his energy, how much he's wanting to get up and down, how much he's wanting to get on the ball. And I thought him and Gary McKay-Steven linked up really well. And obviously they played together for quite some time at Aberdeen. That seemed to really help him, I thought. Humble pie doesn't taste very nice. And it's not like Robbie or anyone else can come out and say, told you so, the Shea Logan signing or whatever. It was just it was just a little bit of experience. It moved Michael Smith into to the centre of defence. It allowed us to play with a, a three at the back. Uh, ultimately, John Suter's playing like he's never been away, which is absolutely huge for Hearts. As long as he can stay fit, have a good pre-season under his belt and, and God willing, get a full campaign next year. It's a huge difference. When you've got good players staying fit and and players who can be inconsistent showing form, massive difference. So Logan teaming up with Gary McKay, Stephen, Peter Haring back, and I know he got he got hurt after 40 minutes. Um, I think Robbie said th- th- there's a decent chance he'll probably be available for rate. You just don't take any chances, given that what he's been through over the last couple of years. Again, I, I want to reiterate the point that I made at the start. This, I don't want this to be a happy clapper society um, today. But I think it's important, given the misery that we've had to endure over the last nine, ten months, that we can accentuate the positives without going from that was the worst thing I've ever seen to that was the best thing I've ever seen. There has to be some middle ground here. And the whole uh, humble pie doesn't taste good. There's a reason. I mean, what, 90 percent of people think this or 75. There's one person that makes decisions on who to sign or a handful of people at the club. The majority of us do what we do because we're not employed by Heart of Midlothian Football Club as their manager or as their chief scout or as their director of football. This isn't a real-life football manager. You play that. You know what it's like. You've got Hearts being very successful in that. But I guarantee you, you didn't start and put your cassette tape in your player and press <laughs> symbol shift and P twice on your ZX Spectrum and wait for the game to load um, like they used to do with Football Manager back in the day and expect Hearts to win the Champions League in your first season when you've picked them up as a championship side. It takes oh, time. I'm in the Champions League the first season. Exactly. That's the whole point I'm trying to make here. It's a little bit of patience. We're Heart of Midlothian Football Club. We've had success and joy in 1998 with the first Scottish Cup since 1956. We haven't won the League Cup since colour television was pretty much invented. Norrie Davidson at Hamden against Kilmarnock. We're still waiting to lift that trophy. We won the Scottish Cup in 2006 on penalties against Gretna. And we beat Hibernian in 2012. We've won a couple of championships. That's it. That's the success that we have had. So it's not like we're going to get victories every single year. We're not Rangers. We're not Celtic. So we've we've got to. I just think some people have just. Well, that's I'm not. I'm not. That's I'm. I'm I've had it. I'm done. Once you get back into the stadium, when when it comes through, and hopefully Euro 2020 at Hamden um, this summer, 
goes off with no issues whatsoever. They've made an arse of it, the Scottish FA, with regards to the cup final. Uh, oh, well, oh, maybe we could go elsewhere for the cup. Well, we can't. That should have been... An, uh, whoever is in the cup final, um, whichever of the, the two of the four teams, they get it. They should have fans in attendance in a game not played at Hamden. As a kind of, right, ahead of next season, let's see how we can do this. Because it's not an SFA event this summer. It's it's a UEFA event. So the SFA will be there, but they will not be responsible. They had an opportunity to be responsible for fans in attendance at a National Cup final, regardless of, of who it is, and it wouldn't have been played at Hamden. But they, whether it was a lack of foresight or whatever, that would have been the perfect opportunity to make mistakes or get one or two things in play so that we can start next season with fans, however many that is, in each respective stadium. And when you know, when you buy your season ticket, yes, it's not been ideal, but as Ewan Murray pointed out last week, and it was a very balanced argument, and I thought Ewan was excellent last week. As he pointed out last week, it's not been great at times. A lot of the times it's not been great, but it's not hindered Hart's progress financially. Where we need to be, we will be next season. People will say, yeah, but Nielsen's going to be in charge. Just give it a wee break. You might not be in favour of who's going to be in charge next season, and it will be Robbie Nielsen. That's fine. I'm not saying I want you to change your mind, and it's up to Robbie to start the season well, or he'll be on he'll be on 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 the list looking for for another job. But he's well aware. The coaching staff is well aware. Joe Savage is well aware. As is the people behind the scenes. They're all well aware that Hearts have to start well. To start well next season, they have to have a plan in place. And that plan will have been put in place over a number of months to get the right people, players, in ahead of next season. And then, you know what? When it comes around the first game of the season, you'll be like, I've not been to Tynecastle since February 2020. I don't care who's in charge. I get the chance to go back to my stadium to watch my team. Then I think the thought process might be a little bit different. Mm. It's a bit happy clapping, but <clears throat> I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> There's a we, fine line, isn't there? What were we talking about before you went on your your happy clapping tirade? Um, a happy clapping tirade. It was a it was an attempt at, at, at accentuating the positives of life as a heart Midlothian football club. Like, I mean, I know what you're saying. When it, when there's been a good performance and a good result, it's easier to be. <laughs> I'll use a. I'll use a analogy that I can apply to Saturday's game. It's easier to be in the main stand with a t-shirt on and the sun beating down on you, enjoying the summer apparently, <laughs> than at the back of the wheat field at the Hearts TV commentary point where it feels like December and you're shivering with your jacket on because it's freezing and it is... <laughs> I'm just gonna... How many Hearts fans would have loved to have been freezing at the back of the Wheatfield stand. I've told you before, don't get all sanctimonious <laughs> and oh, I'm cold. Well, fuck off then. Let someone else do it. <laughs> don't, take, don't, don't take advantage of us poor people that can't get to Tinker. I'm no different being on the other side of the Atlantic from yeah. someone that lives on McLeod Street. If it means getting back in, into the stadium, it means you get a chance to boo in person. That's going to make some people happy. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt it will. Um, so Hearts raced into a two-goal lead. Mackay Stephen with a fine opener, lovely touch inside, fine low finish. As I mentioned, Aaron McInef 
with a, a very decent finish after a good build-up as well. Slight nick on it, but it was a decent effort, probably heading in anyway. Uh, third goal is <laughs> just a disaster from a Inverness point of view. But it's good to see Gary McKay-Steven. You know, Robbie Dees and Mark Bridgers, communication is terrible. It's just from a, a long hopeful ball up the field. But you've got to credit him, just to see that kind of desire to be getting in there, closing down, playing for the error and, and getting the benefit from it. I think that's good to see in itself. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the goals that he, that he scored, it was just the, the front foot that we started on. And it, honestly, it was getting boring. It was getting boring mentioning it every week. It must have been hell of a boring listening to it. But it wasn't something that only I was seeing or only you were seeing. We got off to a quick start. And that has to be the rule rather than the exception. There's going to be weeks, a lot of weeks, because it's been a hell of a long time. I think you mentioned only this is, that was only the third time um, that we got off to, to a quick start this season. Most of the time, we're not going to score inside the opening 10 minutes, but at least I want us to be able to, to look like we're capable of and not be reactionary. Um, I want us to be proactive in games. And, and that, that was against the side. I mean, there's, there's not much difference between... Quality aside here, there's not much difference between the, the goals of, of Morton and Inverness, Caledonia and Thistle in their respective games against Harps over the last week. Both needed something from it. They set up slightly differently. There were different venues. But we were against a team playing for something, whereas we'd wrapped it up. We didn't get going. And I know the pitch has been mentioned at Morton. It was just a shocking performance at, at Morton. But it, on the grander, or in the grander scheme of things, it didn't really matter that much because the title had already been won. Um, but you still want to see, you still want to see your team, regardless if someone's, I mean, it's, it's like saying if you're up against the Brecon City or whatever and they've still got a chance of going, you wouldn't accept a nil-nil against them. And, and rightly so. We didn't accept a nil-nil. It wasn't good enough. We didn't get a response after Brora. We got a response after Morton. That was pleasing. Indeed. Uh, so 3 0 up at the break. Um, second half. Maybe not too much to write home about. I thought there was still a decent tempo to the game. And Inverness didn't let it die completely, but at the same time you could see they were they didn't want to go all out and allow Hearts to to run over them and make the scoreline embarrassing. I guess the big moment to, to talk about was the introduction of, of Finlay Pollock, who came yeah. on for a few minutes at the end, a 16-year-old. Now, I don't know if you can think it. You, you've probably had these games before but um doesn't happen much these days i don't always have all the youngsters on my on my notes but because i play football manager a lot and because of the internet you usually recognize every name at least you know you've 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 seen their name before on a team list you've seen them in the under 18s list or i've seen them in my under 18s in football manager but when finlay pollock was named i had absolutely no idea never heard the name in my life um, I don't know if there's any that jump out for you where you've turned up on a match day and this, a name's appeared on the bench or even in the starting eleven, and you're like, who? I've done games in the past where I've not had any team sheets. Um, I, I've had CONCACAF Champions League games in old SD um, standard definition with um, players playing in stripes with numbers on the back that you couldn't read and you don't have any team sheets. Daft things happen. What The good thing about 
Italy doing Serie A is a lot of the teams put out their squad list the night before. So you get that kind mm, of, yeah. oh, fin- Finley Pollock. Now, who's that? And then you can do your research. And it's it's tough. But when you've got a, a kid who's 16 years old, there's very little about him online. So you kind of go into scramble mode and you just hope, well, you'll probably hopefully never see the light of day um, because you haven't done any prep as a commentator because you can't. It's tough. But I thought he, I thought he acquitted himself pretty well when he, uh, when he came on. Yeah, not, I mean, not too much time to, to do anything of note. But I thought it was, I thought it was great to see, and I took a wee picture and posted it on, on Twitter. And then I think his dad actually posted a bunch of the pictures himself as well. His dad and, and Finlay were on the field, um, after, full, nice after full time. That is, you know, they had his, um, his kit out with his number, obviously, from the game. It was fifty four. Uh, he got a picture with the trophy, and obviously he looked absolutely buzzing because, yeah, as he did would. He get, did he get a medal? Did he get a medal, Laurie? Um, How th- did that work? I think he might have. I actually can't remember. The rules in the championship are very loose in terms of okay. getting one. I don't actually have them in front of me, so I would be lying if I said I did. Um, Can you imagine that? His debut as a 16-year-old kid. I still had a paper round at 16 and stuff in the... I can't say that because my mum's might be lost. Oh, I saw it. The the magazines from the top shelf we used to put inside the papers and things like that. Anyway, that's, not, that's another story. That's what I was doing at 16. If he's got a medal, I, I just hope it's not a case of he takes a medal like they all did on the, on the way and then he had to give it back. Um, because what a momentum. That would, momentum. What a memento that would be. You've got your debut, your family, um, you've got your strip, and you've got... You get a league winner's medal for playing however many minutes uh, that he played at the end. I mean, that that's fantastic. Ten minutes at the end. Really, what a great story. I just hope he doesn't go down the road of the other talented youngsters that we have at the football club, that in five years' time he'll be on loan at Montrose and then released. Do we know what age he was, by the way? Do we know what age he was? Because Scott Robinson was 16 years, one month and 14 days. So he's not the youngest. But how close is he to that? Um, I again, I I had it on the day. I, it's I don't think he was too close to that. I think he is seventeen this year. Um, but all oh, right, so he's, he's, he's okay. But I, I didn't it, again. It wasn't listed on anything with like one that you're going to be one hundred percent happy with. Well, interestingly, I've got a little quiz for you at the end, which is um, five other sixteen-year-old debuts. And you can see if you can guess the player. Um, but no, it was good to see. And I think, you know, when I'm talking about going for, so, so at full time, obviously, you go from the wheat field and I, I go all the way around to the main stand. And I was like, Jesus, is this what it's been like the whole game for you lot? It's like bacon, son. And it was just nice. I was just, I was just standing there watching kind of the aftermath of the game. And, um, and obviously he was out there in the sun, buzzing, getting his picture taken. And I kind of put a big smile on my face, I thought, just to see that, you know, there's been, a lot of negativity, and this this is a championship. Is there? Yes, <laughs> and this has been a championship season where I didn't feel much want need to celebrate. I didn't think there was an awful lot to be celebrated. Not not so much in the manner we've done it, but more in the fact that I didn't feel that we should have been in the championship. You know the injustice we felt, but that was nice. I thought to see a kid out there really enjoying himself, and hopefully he goes on to be a great player. And but regardless, I think. You, you carry that memory for for a long time. I'd take out the word great. I'd take out the word great there. Hopefully he just goes on to become a player and is able to make a career. Yeah. If he's great, then that, even better. But we've had a number of, of kids towards the end of the season, last game at home, being thrown in. And 
one or two of them we've never heard from again. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of token gesture. Your your time at the club is coming to an end. You haven't really made it, but here's an opportunity just to sample life in the first team. We don't know what happens behind the scenes. We we just have to hope and put our faith in those in charge of developing youngsters like Finley Pollock. And as as they've said this season, Laurie, this hasn't been a normal season. This hasn't been an ordinary season. We've we've had different age groups training. Like first team can't train alongside the under eighteens due to various protocols at certain times. I think once everything's as back to normal as it's going to get, and I was I was reading the the kind of time frame or the hopeful time frame from the Scottish government going from level four to level three, then from three down to one to hopefully zero by the end of June. And it, it would be great come pre-season if we are, we'll never be back to normal the way it was, but if things like football clubs have the opportunity to take precautions with masks and, and whatever, but everyone can still train together. You don't have to be separate. You can involve guys like Finlay Pollock, even though he's 16, with the first team on a more regular basis. That's going to help. But everyone's been in the same boat. So for hopefully Finlay Pollock and others um, at the football, get Harry Stone back from from Albion Rovers. Um, there's going to be a decent chance that, that he'll be knocking on the door. Or he might need another 12 months away. Albion Rovers certainly have loved his time there. And what's the point in him sitting on a bench um, for, for nine, ten months of the season next year if we can get him out playing. I don't know. Um, it depends. But if we can get back to normal next season, certainly as far as protocols or lack of are, are concerned, then um, there's hope that Finley Pollock won't be the, the last 16-year-old that we see representing Hearts over the next year or two. One thing, or last thing to mention about Hartwood Lothian and... Inverness, Cali Thistle. There was obviously a bit of fanfare about the Leave It on the Stand campaign and the build-up to this. We spoke about it over the last couple of shows briefly. I think both of us were kind of in the middle somewhere. We know the the reasons behind it. We weren't, I guess, as maybe as passionate about it as some Hearts fans and some of the kind of Hearts podcasts and Hearts accounts had been, which is fair enough. Um, you know, some people went extreme one way, some people went extreme the other. I think we were sort of in the middle on it. Um, Hearts, you have to give them credit. They they did engage with the fans on this. Um, I know that they had a discussion. There was people on both sides had discussions on this and they took it to the players and ultimately left it with the players to make the decision. And they decided that they would have a very low-key trophy lift. Um, it was it was weird. I'm. I mean, I've not been at many of these because I'm a because I'm a Hearts fan. Hearts fan. I've not been at many trophy lifts, and to be honest, you know, when it's cup, I've only really done one when I've been sober and covering it properly because that was the championship. When other than that, it's been cup finals, and I've been drunk in the stand with everyone else. Um, so it's not like I've got a lot of experience of them, but. It was just very surreal and low-key. It doesn't, obviously, doesn't help that there's no one in the stands. Um, and in the end, do you think Hearts... I think they'd probably got the best, call it a compromise, that they, they they did what they had to in terms of their obligations to go out and accept what they'd won, but they did it in a way that <laughs> clearly showed that they weren't overly excited about it. And 
and they actually managed to piss a lot of people off outside of Hearts by apparently taking the piss out of it because um, <laughs> when you see the, I think the BBC shared it, didn't they? Going, is this the most awkward trophy yep. presentation you've ever seen? Because Stephen Naismith is clearly taking the piss when he's doing his cheers. <laughs> I put a tweet out afterwards, which um, got a fair bit of, of um, 503 likes, 67 retweets, 25 replies. It was just looking at that and, and seeing the badge. and It was the most awkward title celebration ever, was the headline from BBC Sports Scotland. Hearts left championship trophy in low-key fashion. But when I looked at the pictures, I kind of thought, Scottish Championship with a lion. That's it. No sponsor, no nothing. And it was Scottish Cup quarterfinal weekend. So I put Scottish Cup quarterfinal weekend, Championship Trophy presentation day. No cup sponsor, no league sponsor. Time for some new new blood with fresh ideas at the top of the game. And, and I totally stand by that. I don't think it'll make it. Of course, it won't make any difference. I've got I've got a nice mask for you that might help get that point that, that needs to be changed. Well, only if the tweet stays up and isn't deleted <laughs> for fear of losing your job. <laughs> um, not, not that that's what happened but yeah I mean it, it is what it is it's like winning on away goals away from home um, in Europe to a team you're expected to beat comfortably you get the job done it's, it's not ideal but at least you're through you haven't really pissed too many people off and it is what it is I think it was, it was we probably had the, the best outcome available um, the, the fanfare wasn't headline making or anything like that um, leaving it for, I'll be honest I, I stayed with Hearts TV you didn't have a choice you had to keep talking um, until the presentation there was a time until you said oh here comes Claire Cowan that I thought no they're not are they they're not just <laughs> going to stay in and they would really put the cat among the pigeons well I started to think that because I was told right it's going to be really quick they're gonna. It'll be five minutes. So full time whistle go. They're gonna go. They're gonna bang into this into the dressing room. There won't be a big. Obviously, not. They're not all gonna be wearing special t-shirts or that. So they in they go. The stand comes out. It'll be five or six minutes, Laurie. Don't worry. It was like fifteen minutes later. I'm like I'm still still trying to fill some air here. Um and yeah, I, I, I well as I said on the I said on the um on the live broadcast, maybe it's Claire Cowan coming to get it. I don't know if that's the only person who's who's bothering <laughs> to come out. I'm just watching it again, and yeah, it's like a it's like it's like winning the a trophy with the Cubs or the Brownies uh, when you were younger. It's like yeah, great, fine. A lot of these players that'll be, is that Finley? This young Finley Pollock right at the front, he does have his medal on. Good on you, kid. Milk it. And then they kind of, hey, and it's just like, okay, hooray. Look, a lot of these players will probably never win another um, another medal in their careers. Hopefully they do, but if they don't, at least they've got something. But I think I think they got the tone pretty well spot on in that. There was the kind of respect. And, like, I've got a three-year-old daughter, right, and she listens and watches to Frozen all the time. The, her favourite song is Let It Go. Right? There comes a time where you can it's called marriage they never forget <laughs> remember that time they never forget just let it go let it go it's done it's dusted whatever your thoughts are, are it's totally subjective your your thoughts are your thoughts I'm not saying they're right or wrong the way that this was all handled and treated over the past 12 to 18 months it's in the past now let's kind of let's turn the page let's start a new chapter uh, the trophy lift fine Again, it, as Gary Mackay once said, um, it's fish and chip paper. 
the next again day. You get caught doing something, it makes the headlines, we move on. Next again day, they're on to somebody else, as they were with that. Fine. It's a trophy lift, we got the job done, and it doesn't really matter. As I said to you last week, if the Hearts fans hadn't have organised something, a campaign to leave it on the stand, this wouldn't even have been spoken about. Okay, moving on. I thought since next week will be our first post-season podcast after the Wraith Rovers match, we'll have a look at the team and I guess we can have a discussion about you know who we think we could keep, what positions we need to fill, who should probably go. So uh, to make it a bit more interactive, a bit more fun, I thought we would set some homework for the listeners this week if you want to to get involved and the homework will be we'll keep this to just a starting 11 otherwise it gets a bit convoluted um who would you keep to make a starting 11 who would you sign but you can only sign players you can get for free so there's no money to be spent which might which might well be the case anyway um and i guess the the easy way to do this um if you go on the website transfer market a few of you probably have before, um, which is basically transfer market without the final E. So transfer market and no E between the K and the T, transfermarket.co.uk. If you actually go in the Scottish Premiership, for instance, you can just put, you can click on the option for out of contract players and it will show you, or sorry, contracts expiring. It will show you everyone who's out of contract this summer. So you could do that in the championship and the in the Premiership and maybe try and find some realistic signings that Hearts could potentially bring in. So I guess the challenge <laughs> is to make your starting eleven. What are you laughing at? What are you chuckling at? I think the parameters have to be um, within reason because Lionel Messi's contract expires on the 30th of June. Yeah, within well, why don't we just say that it has to be within Scotland and within reason then? Because otherwise people can obviously go to all sorts of leagues no. and... No? Not, yeah, not necessarily, no, not necessarily in Scotland. You just can't. You you, ha, you have a a budget of say five grand, and that's more than Hearts pay, um, or will be looking to pay five grand a week. But you can't. I mean, you can't just go and get messages. Like, yeah, just say, make it realistic. So someone yeah, that Hearts would exactly. could realistically go for. So we don't want to do a bench, no, just a starting eleven. No, no, because no. Okay, so yeah, for next week, tweet us or email us your starting 11 with players from the either the current Hearts team, so who you would keep, um, and you can add in players who you can get for free. Um, and that's probably the easiest way to find it is that website, I would suggest. So yeah, you can tweet at Around the Funnel, and you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk, and we'll go through them next week, and we'll see what some of the best suggestions are, and we'll have a wee chat ourselves and see what we think, and, and take it from there. Yeah, I mean, within reason, I think that would include someone like Alan Campbell at Motherwell, who I think would be an asset to Hearts. But I was doing some digging. Um, last week, I gave you a George Burley exclusive little snippet of an interview. This week, I've done a little bit of digging for how much players earn in certain countries. So I'm, I'm just trying to justify my position in the podcast so that I don't get replaced after 130-something episodes. Um, Alan Campbell. At Motherwell, whatever he's on, he'll not be on that much. I don't imagine. Are we? He'll, he'll is this going to be a grey area where there's going to be a potential development fee? So is that? No, you can. That's allowed. 
Because I mean, that who knows? You can't. How many parameters do you want here? But with someone like Alan, <laughs> Alan Campbell, I think he has been offered a contract. I know that, so I mean, there would be a fee. I'm, I'm sure he had, of course. Um, I looked at English Championship clubs, right, and I, I think your average, and it depends what you read. I think your average, probably lower end of the scale wage in the English Championship is between six and a half and ten. Right, that is out with Hart's budget. And if Alan Campbell can get that down south, because that's what I'd be looking if I was his representative and I, and I was him. If I know, I mean, he's probably on no more than two grand at Motherwell, right? So if you can triple, maybe even quadruple or quintuple your wages by heading down south, you're not going to get that Hart. Hearts would probably, I don't know, they'd maybe go to three, three. Most of the players just now at Hearts are on less than three grand a week. Um, so I don't think they're going to, well, they're not going to, go out and splash six grand a week on on someone. They're going to do it within reason because going back to last week's show, I don't want Hearts to be continually perceived as this cosy club where, oh, we'll get a three-year deal or a four-year deal on money and probably get binned out of the team after six months and then have three and a half years where you don't play but you still get paid. No, um, I think there has to be uh, some sort of realistic uh, ambition for Hearts. And Alan Campbell, if if no one's prepared to pay him six and a half to ten grand a week in the English Championship, he might feel that a League One side is, is still better than, say, a League One side paying three, four, well, four grand a week. Remember, remember, League One and League Two in England are really restricted. They would be well I, below I, yeah. Scottish Premiership yeah. wages now because of their wage yeah, caps. I mean, they're they're talking about the. The League One side, I and mean, this is one of the, the websites that I and it's difficult to know because it's it's all kind of a little bit hypothetical. Um, they're, they're talking about a, a wage in in League One being a hell of a lot less than than the Championship. So I remember a guy Gary Dempsey uh, who played with a friend of mine at Waterford, went to Dunfermline and then up to Aberdeen. Uh, he went down to Yeovil and was able to treble his wages. In Aberdeen to Yeovil and trebled his wages. That was a while ago, a long, long time ago. But that was back then. That was when you could do that. So if Alan Campbell doesn't get a nibble from any of the, the championship clubs, I, I think the likelihood is he'd probably take a team like Hearts over a League One side in England if, if the wages were compatible. But it depends what League One side it is. And if you could get up, get into the championship, then you increase your wages. I don't know. But I'll keep mentioning Alan Campbell. He's, he's someone I, I think would do a job for Hearts, but I think we'd probably end up just being priced out of the market for him. But he's a kind of realistic um, target. Not Lionel Messi, though. No, there's one. But there's plenty of others out there. So, yeah, have a look. Um, put your team together uh, and let us know. Okay, a wee quiz for you. Um, so Scott after, after Finlay... Fuck off. That's got to be f- the answer to one of them. First, the first answer. Scott Robinson. Um, Finlay Pollock obviously made his debut at the age of 16 at the weekend. Funnily, I don't know if you saw that um, Hearts Heritage, as in Davy Allen, also mentioned that he became the first Finlay to play for the Hearts first team. Really? Yeah, apparently. Finlay before, not, not even in the 1400s. Well, apparently, that, uh, and I would not question the the knowledge of of Davy Allen. So I've got five, um, well, I've got four now. 
sixteen-year-olds. <laughs> so, player one who you've who you've ruined. So, I'll use this as an example. Now, player one made debut against Inverness Cali Thistle at Tynecastle in two thousand and eight in a one-nil win. Became the youngest ever Hearts player when he came on in added time for goal scorer Gary Glenn. Went on to make one hundred fifteen appearances and scored four goals. And of course, that is Scott Robinson who now plays for Livingston. Um, and is out of contract at the end of the season. And the thing that scared me the most, he's 29. Now, <laughs> wow, it's still... Whoa, whoa. As in, can't believe he's that old, or can't believe he's still only in his 20s? <laughs> can't believe he's that old. He's, it's like he's he's the kid who uh, who's always going to be that 16-year-old debutant for Hearts, and then done all right for himself. He's plugged away and kept going. It feels the other way around for me when players have been around for, like... John Suter's 24, and I feel like John Suter should be about to like hit his 30s because <laughs> not because he looks old, he's he's very fresh faced, but purely because he's been around for so long. Because he made his debut at 16 for Dundee United, so he's been he's been around mm-hmm. senior football in Scotland for like eight years. I used to collect the Clydesdale Bank Scottish Football League review book way back. It was a it was a bible. It was that and the We Red book were just phenomenal. Um, the kind of start of, of every season. And the Clydesdale Bank League Review book, I remember um, 85, 86, and I think Murray McDermott was like, there were players born in the 50s, and you thought, oh, God, now they're old. Now, and then as the years went on, were players born in the 60s and the 70s, and then you're kind of older than most of the players that are playing. You're like, whoa, wait a minute here. Then there's players born in the 90s. You're like, oh, my God, how old do I feel? Now there's players born... If you're born in, in 2000, you've already celebrated your, your 21st birthday. Um, if you were born in, in January, February, March, or, or most of April. Uh, just, uh, can we just slow things down a wee bit? Well, I've got four for you. Four players here for you. <clears throat> so um, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the answers afterwards. So give people, if okay. they're listening, a chance to try and guess. So we'll go with the first one. So don't mm-hmm. don't shout them out, because I know you like to do that sometimes. <laughs> this this player made his debut against Dundee United at Tynecastle in 2007. In a, in a 4-0 defeat, Barry Robson scored a hat-trick. He came on in the 63rd minute to replace uh, Mikael Pospisil. Probably enough to go on, but if it helps, he went on to play 60 times and score seven goals. Okay, so that's the first one. Uh, Next one, this player made his debut away to Air United in a League Cup second round, second leg game in 1980 in a 4-0 defeat on the night, a 7-2 defeat on aggregate. He came on as a substitute to replace Bobby Robinson. So that's the second one. Player two now. Do you, know, do you know who played? Someone I work with played in that game. Someone you went on to work with or work with now? I still work with now. Played in that game. Oh, who's that? Stevie Nichol. Oh, did he play in that game? I, I he did, yeah. Didn't even notice didn't even notice. There you go. See? Mm-hmm. Um, third uh, player three. Um, this one made his debut at home to Partick Thistle in 2015. A 3-0 Hearts win in August that season. So that's the first season back up to the Premiership under Robbie Nielsen. 
last time around. He came on to replace Juan Ma with three minutes to go. Maybe need a bit more for this one. So he went on to play 42 times in total. I've, 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 I've got it. I'm just, I'm just, um, I think it's fascinating that the, the letters in Juanma's name, two of them can be turned around to get the letters, two of the letters in this player's first name. Fascinating. Um, yes, he got one goal for us. <laughs> patronising <laughs> prick. <laughs> okay, last one. Um, <laughs> made his debut, I think this is the most <laughs> most recent one, made his debut in December 2017 in a 2-0 win over Dundee Tynecastle. He started the game, played the full 90 minutes, actually. Although he wasn't the youngest player to be involved that night, there was a younger player who came off the bench. Uh, but he set up the opener for Isma in a 2-0 win, which was commentated on by Chalky White and Jimmy Sanderson, I remember, oh, because I was, on ho- I was on holiday. Okay, I've got them all, and you, you, you well, it's either that or you were at a wedding in Aberdeen that you normally, or a wedding to miss an Aberdeen game. Um, you suggested that that might be the youngest one um, since there hasn't been a younger one. No, I said um, the most recent, sorry. The most recent one? The most recent um, of, of the players I'm giving you here, the most recent of the selection. Oh, of the five. Sorry, I didn't, it wasn't uh, the most, uh, the youngest, I think the the one that you mentioned the the fascinating letter trivia is the most is the second youngest he's the youngest behind um scott robinson so yes uh so player one well player one you ruined so um scott robinson yeah the the first one then that i gave you that you hadn't answered the debut against dundee united at tank castle in 2007 a 4-0 defeat gary glenn Yes, indeed. Went on to play for Ross County and Livingston. I think he, I don't think he actually plays anymore. I didn't delve enough into it, but he played, he played for Cowdenbeath a few years ago. Um, second one made his debut <laughs> away to air, nineteen eighty, against Stevie Nichol. It was uh, whoever wrote Stevie Nichol's book also wrote this person's book, Gary Mackay. Indeed, that's why I couldn't exactly play make his appearances because it gives it away as soon as you <laughs> as soon as you give the appearances of Hearts <laughs> record appearance holder. Uh, third one, uh, home debut against Partick Thistle in twenty fifteen in a three nil win. Did we ever find out why there's an M and an M and an N with uh, Callum Morrison? Callum and Morrison. No, I actually thought um, I thought Bill had made an error on the team sheet when I first saw his name on it. So did I. Maybe that's where it came uh, from. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he is Calumman. There's an M and an N. Now plays in League One, of course, with Falkirk. How's, how's, he, how's he doing, by the way? He's apparently done very well this season. Uh, I know there was some some links for uh, to the English Championship, and I don't know where that came from, because I can't see that's a, that is a very big jump. But he's apparently been doing very well for Falkirk. I'll be, I mean, I've not watched him myself, but I've, I've read that he's done well. So maybe he will kick on. You know, he's still got plenty of years ahead of him. Um, so last one, December 2017, 2-0 win over Dundee at Tynecastle. Started, played the 90, set up the first goal. Harry Cochran. No. Or Anthony McDonald. Anthony McDonald. Harry Cochran came off, came off the bench. He was the one who was actually younger who came 
who came on. Uh, yeah, Harry Cochran made his debut. I mean, that's a tricky one because he made his debut the same year and it was uh, also against Dundee, but it was at Dens. <laughs> so that's maybe a tricky one. But no, that was um, Anthony McDonald, who is, of course, now at Inverness Cali after a very brief spell in Spain. Right, before we go, do we want to talk about the final game of the season? The end Friday night football, isn't it? It is, again. Yeah. I noticed... I noticed today that um, Graham Spears' latest podcast is is with John McGlynn, so I'm looking forward to to listening to that one. John's obviously going to, according to the synopsis that's emailed out, John chats about this season with Wraith and also his time at Hearts and Romanov. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see them get up. I really would. Them or Dunfermline. Um, I, yeah. I, I would... What? Oh, well, let it go. Just let it go. Well, the thing is, it's 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 a really tough one because I mean, what we don't want Dundee, um, um, and ideally you want someone like Aki's to come down because I'm fed up of Aki's being in the top flight. Uh, so yeah, you, you used to think, oh, that'll be three points for ours, and then you're two 0 down when you need to beat them, and you end up two all. And I mean, bottom of the table right now, there's still that's a decent battle to go down, but. To go up, I, just from a hard guy, I like John McClellan. I think he's, I think he's a lovely guy, um, and there's n- there's not many people that that think badly of him. I mean, there'll be Hearts fans that will say, "Oh, Rovers, they did this, they did that," and well, look, yeah, I get that. There would be oh, the the lesser of a few evils, I think. I mean, people say maybe Dunfermline, but before all the before all the beef started, Wraith would definitely be a team that I would have liked to see back in the top flight. They've been obviously. A long time since it was what was it ninety? Is it five? I'd have to go and check, but it was around that time oh, they, when they when they beat Celtic when they were last in the top final. flight. I mean, sorry, that's been a while because they were down in the third tier. Um, the yeah, yo-yo team between second and third tier. Uh, 95, 96. That was when Hearts were denied um, a place in Europe because if Celtic had beaten Wraith in the League Cup. I think no ninety four. Sorry, ninety four. Um, Hearts would have played in Europe. I think was it that year, or was it the year? No, I think I'm. I think I'm talking shite again. I think it was the year that Celtic lost in the semi final of the Scottish Cup on penalties. That if they'd got through to the final, then Hearts would have guaranteed to have been in Europe. It was one of the two, regardless. But Wraith, I would like to see back up. Dundee, I have no interest whatsoever. In them or Dunfermline, I'm 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 fine with either of the five five clubs. And if you do get the opportunity to to go uh, to games again, hopefully fans do. I think a wee trip to Kirkcaldy or or Dunfermline, nice easy. A lot of Hearts fans are in Fife anyway. Because yeah. um, Hamilton's, I mean, I don't even I don't even know where you go if you go to Hamilton for a pre-match pint. Surely a, a wee trip to Kirkcaldy, Kirkcaldy and, and Dunfermline always always decent. Kirkcaldy, Kirkcaldy. Ah, yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah, look, if if Hamilton and Dundee are both in the championship next season, that'll be enough for me. That'll be pleasing. That'll be pleasing, yeah. Um, Anyway, well, I guess it's just a case of... Is it a case of looking to go out and put another performance in, play your strongest team again, keep that momentum? I know you talk about momentum when you go to the summer break, but... Put, go out of the season on a high or do you chuck in some players for some game time? 
No, out of respect for, for Dundee and Dunfermline and for Wraith Rovers to respect an extent. Respect for no, Dundee? Come on now. No, just in general. I mean, you wouldn't want it done to you if, if, if you were desperate for points and you needed to... Oh, to be honest, no, they're all, all three of them are in the playoffs anyway, so fuck it. Because um, <laughs> Cali Thistle can't get in. Hard yeah, but top, it, so. it depends if you... But positions are important because obviously... You... I get that because Dundee will play Dunfermline, the winner plays Wraith. So yeah, I mean you're not going to make wholesale. You're not going to play. Uh, you're not. You're not going to ask Finlay to go to school um, and 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 find nine teammates and a goalkeeper to join them as Hearts, uh, the youngest side in their history, um, on the pitch. That's not going to happen. So I'll be honest. I don't care. <laughs> there's, no, there's no seriously. There's no point in sugarcoating this. I'm done with this league. It was always about getting out of this league. Ideally, I would have wanted a cup run. And it's galling when you see the last four oh, in the Scottish God. Cup and you think, Jesus. But you know what? Thinking about this rather sensibly, or you hope it's rather sensibly, what gives us any reason to think the way that we were playing, that we would have been potentially one of the last four? If the draw had been the same, right? So it would have been Stranraer at home. We would have beaten them. I'd like to have thought, okay? Then it would probably have been Hibernian at home. And they usually shit the bed when they face Hearts. And then um, it would have been, who did they play? Motherwell in the, the Cup semi and uh, Cup quarter final yes. when they beat them on penalties. Again, and it'd been another home draw. But this is us doing what we've been so guilty of doing over the last couple of years since we went into free yeah. fall. We're thinking Hearts are, are the team from 15 years ago that are actually quite good um, and, and decent. We're not. and We haven't been. We, it might have been on a one-off. It might have been different. It's just galling that those are the last four teams in the Cup. But there's nothing in our form consistently to suggest that we would have been one of those four. But it would have been nice to have had a shot. I, I know what you're saying to an extent. And the, and the problem is with hypothetical draws, as some people will say, but you wouldn't have been the same number in the hat, so would it have even been the same draw, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't help it, and it, this isn't just this season. This is ever, whenever the, this type of scenario happens. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often, because usually one of the old firemen around there, I hate it. First time, do you, do you know but, the last, sorry, Laurie, do you know the last time that neither National Cup semi-final in Scotland did not feature any of the old firm? Uh yeah, because Tony Brown was it not forty seven or something he said or. Oh, you do yeah, amazing. Only because only because Tony tweeted it, I wouldn't have known if he hadn't tweeted. But oh, I, so that's where I did a I did a piece on Talk Sport last night and they mentioned that I'd ha- I hadn't seen Tony's tweet. I thought it was interesting. No, no, very well, that's interesting. A that's a conversation killer, isn't it? <laughs> I asked. Yeah, no, it is what it, it is. Whenever that happens, and it doesn't matter, I just. It's frustrating when Hibs are there to an extent, but the main frustration is that we got knocked out in such a disappointing manner. You of know, if, if we, it is. If and we, it'll be like that forevermore. Yeah, if we'd drawn Celtic away, we'd drawn Rangers away, and we got put out, then maybe different. But, you know, to get put out by a Highland League team and then see both Rangers and Celtic get knocked out, and potentially we might not have played them, it just it always leaves a slightly bitter aftertaste I think when you see these teams because you need you know when it happened with the St Johnston game it should have been a good you know it should have been a, a and it was there was a, a sense of whoa you know slight excitement but immediate oh god we could have you know 
all the Celtic and Rangers are gone, Aberdeen are gone, and and we lost the Brora Rangers. I know. But anyway, anyway, it's just what, I can't I can't help but feel it. I can't help it. I I, I get that totally. Uh, one person that is hoping we we certainly don't concede is Craig Gordon, because Craig right now is seven games for club and country consecutively, um, having kept a clean sheet. And he believes, I haven't had time to check, but he believes that he once did eight at Celtic. Um, but it'd be a nice way to end the season if he could do eight consecutive clean sheets um, and would, I think, would wrap up his Player of the Year award. Yeah, him or Boyce. I think it's quite tight, yeah. but yeah. I just put, I, I just dipped my rod into the water to see if there was a bite. And you got one, a, a nibble. A nibble, but it's there. <laughs> so we will be back next week to discuss Hearts against Wraith Rovers, which is at Starks Park on Friday night. And we'll look at your potential um, signings for next season to put together a Hearts 11. And I guess whatever else might crop up in the meantime. But yeah, good to good to be on for... good be, Good to be on talking about a positive Hearts performance again. And... Yeah, there's going to be naysayers for for some time, but it's of sometimes it's sometimes just nice to to look at the positives, like you said. Come over to my side, the happy clapper um, side. Uh, Sunshine all day in seventy two degrees or twenty two uh, degrees. And I'm not quite. 20. I'm maybe not at the back of the wheat field, but I'm kind of like walking round. I'm going past the gorgie, so I'm. <laughs> Sunlight. So I can very quickly, if I need to, I can nip right back. You know, two minutes I'll be back in the wheat field and I'll be slating everyone. So a, yeah. a two-nil defeat to Wraith and, and we're back to where we were. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be at least, I'll be at least at uh, row twenty-nine, back in the wheat field, no sun up there. But up until then, um, I'm, I'm just intrigued as to see what. Uh, what choice of music you're going to have for our Misery Amnesty episode? <sighs> Always looking the bright side of life. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's so out of tune. <laughs> right, till next time. Cheery bye. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to love and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chums Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to love and smile and dance and sing 
When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chums. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life